This podcast edition of Other Side of Texas is brought to you by our friends at Flint Boot and Hat, a West Texas original. You want a great hat or you want to make your boots great again, go see them at 3035 34th Street or Flint and 34th Street in Lubbock or see more at flinthat.com. It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I ran a cold front when I gave my truck the rent. Barreling down I-35 with one thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space, leave that city. Hey there, howdy. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for telling a friend that you hang out on the other side of Texas. I'm your host, Jay West Texas. Lisa, a little bit of technical difficulties starting off the show, but here we are rolling along with you. What a great time. That What a great country. What a great opportunity that I can just come sit behind this microphone and we could talk about some of the most talked about afternoon radio show content in the region and the state and uh, plenty of people follow along. Well, thank you for following along as well and telling others that you hang out on the other side of Texas and that you always pass along these podcasts in this show to those uh, important people with whom you're hobnobbing at lunch, whether that's over roast beef sandwiches or or snapper whatever it might be uh rolling along here in the racer car wash studios voted lubbock's best wash around for five years running stop into one of five convenient locations across the hub city for the best wash around guaranteed check them out location close to you maybe i'll see you down there racerwash.com Today we have some Braddock on Texas and we get into the to the stories that matter in Texas right now. And I want to underline matter. We focus on things that matter. Braddock's going to talk to us about a few things coming up. He is the editor of the Quorum Report. And then your calls and texts to 806-745-5800 as we pull up that text line right now to get to your texts and your phone calls as we roll along here now i i was gone last week i was gone wednesday thursday and friday because there was a real miracle that occurred at the lease in ponderosa and that is that we had no kids in our care charity and i took off had no kids for the first time in at least five years for a week or more and major props giving a little heart tap to grandparents involved in operation no kids last week and we went down to uh san antonio uh, outside san antonio just north of san antonio and uh, got our kids hauled off to different grandparents and we went to a luxurious hill country resort now here's the deal i am the biggest law enforcement officer fan in texas you step to me on these law enforcement officer streets 
and I'll put your jaws on the curb American History X style but I've got a problem and I'm going to carry we're going to get with Braddock here in a couple of minutes and I'm going to carry this over but this is pertinent to all you Caprock panhandle dwellers who have plans to drive to San Antonio uh, to the Alamo, the Fiesta, Texas, and or a 64-ounce margarita on the Riverwalk. For the first time in years, we don't have kids. We're headed down to this resort. Take 84 to 283 outside Brady, or on Brady, and then 87 down to I-10. Now, on the show, we focus on things that matter, issues that matter. Not knee-jerk, not poll extremes. We're going to talk about the president and kind of critique the the media following of everything that's going down in Finland with Vladdy Putin. But we're not going to knee-jerk. And I like my law enforcement like I like my radio. The focus on what matters. So we're 1.5 miles from the I-10 junction, coming down 87 into comfort and this is a PSA for all you guys that are taking your summer trips it's subtly and I mean subtly like sometimes you see the lights and it essentially has like Clark Griswold Christmas lights flashing around the light or you're going this fast and it's like blinkering you into shame this is not one of those operations it is a subtle 55 mile an hour sign overhung by oak trees in luscious grass grass something you don't really notice and then before you know it it's go it's 70 to 55 and then boom here comes the sheriff deputy and comfort texas and kendall county i've got some complaints for you and we're going to hold on to those complaints go into a commercial break here get scott braddock on stick right here with us most talked about afternoon radio show in all of west texas we'll be right back hey the other side of texas is sponsored by the law firm of mullen horde and brown llp with offices in lubbock amarillo and dallas employing creative legal solutions to address your business needs in areas of commercial litigation banking financial restructuring employment law and estate planning it is monday which means that we have a busy signal with uh, Scott Braddock. He'll be back in uh, shortly. Lots of things going around in Texas politics, and um, we're going to see what exactly is going on. He is the editor of the Quorum Report. Scott Braddock, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, sir. How are you? Sorry about that uh, little radio malfunction there uh, you know what my, uh, until i joined the quorum report my entire career was radio malfunctions don't worry about it amen i'll take it yeah <laughs> stumbling through radio reports having the phone not work etc you know how so it goes. i've got this uh complaint and it's going to be a multi-week complaint with the uh, <laughs> okay with the kendall county sheriff's office in this chicken bleep trap that they've got set up in uh just north of i-10 on highway 87 Mm -hmm. Uh, but that to say i I led up to that i'm going to finish that story here in the last segment but 
we went to San Antonio and we went down to a great little steak restaurant and mm-hmm. had the privilege of being joined by Harvey Cromberg, the Quorum Report. Big dog. fantastic. Harvey publisher Cromberg. of the publisher of the publication, um, one of the deans of the Texas Press Corps. Mm-hmm. Glad, glad you got to do that. It was, it was really. He and I can tell you, he really enjoyed it. He told me afterward, it was really great to meet up with you, and just sort of, um, um, you know, it, it, it was uh, just by happenstance. He, he was going to be in San Antonio. I knew that you were in San Antonio, yeah. and so it all happened. It, it all got together, and mm-hmm. you know, there's some things to be said about this later. But I was just telling listeners, this was the first time that I've been, uh, we have been, my wife and I have been, without kiddos on a trip and we're looking at each other and we've been looking the first at time the first time ever since you had children no not the first time ever but we well well i mean since, they were, since you started to have children kids. and then like four kids so yeah i, I mean it, i think at least five years it might be 10 we right. have to go back and look, look through all the photos on all the computers mm-hmm. stored in our closets but the yeah. fact of the matter is is that you change in a marriage i'm not the same person i was when she said i do and she's not the same person she was when we said we do and just to talk about harvey for just a second he just lost his bride within the year has lost his bride of 43 years and how great to sit down with somebody with that perspective and has gained some perspective on the situation, though I can't imagine going through a situation like that, and mm-hmm. having us, having him sit with us and talk about, I believe one line he said, Braddock, was, um, we're going to get to Texas politics here in a minute, but I think it, it bears to mention what kind of man uh, runs the Quorum Report. He said, you know, in her in the loss of Michelle, what I've learned is that, Michelle was always the center of my world. Everything else was just poetry. And, mm-hmm. I mean, come on. You can't be, like, to leave a dinner like that and then to go sit and talk with one another? That's that's some stout stuff, buddy. That's, that's well, I can tell stuff. you that um, Harvey and Michelle Kronberg, uh, of, of any couple I have witnessed, including my own parents, I have never known um, any any folks who really... Um, perfectly balanced each other, uh, absolutely loved each other unconditionally, and uh, really were um, just inspirational, actually, in the way they handled themselves. Um, and uh, I can tell you that it was uh, last year when uh, suddenly she was taken from us, and, um, you know, the you just don't know how somebody's going to react in that situation, and uh, it's been an emotional uh, ride, and, um, you know, the thing is the world keeps on turning, and um, you learn to move on. One of our uh, friends put it this way. Uh, they said that, you know, when something like that happens, um, you don't get over it, but you get used to it. Hmm. And that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. Braddock on Texas. Let's uh, pivot 
away from that and into Texas news. Uh, there are some things that we need to get into. The governor's money that he's spending. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Texas, uh, Six Texas GOP congressmen have now been outraised by their Democratic opponents. Mm-hmm. Uh, the seven, actually, now, since I, uh, since I let you know about that this morning. It's, okay. uh, now we're up to seven yeah. who have outraised their okay. uh, Republican opponents. No, so, mm-hmm. uh, but this is where I want to start. Texas bikini bars are fighting a seven-figure poll tax, P-O-L-E tax. You love this story. I mean, it's an eye raiser. <laughs> it certainly is. What's going um, on? You, you know, uh, listeners may remember Have that it was several sessions ago. Have you ever been to a bikini bar? I've not. Uh, no, no, because um, if you're, and by the way, do they have any of these, uh, what they call, restaurants in Lubbock? Whoa. Um, I cannot confirm nor deny. Well, so that those are places like Hooters and Twin Peaks, etc. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, yeah, I mean, well, you know, uh, I tell you the, what, we did, and it shut down. Didn't work out in Lubbock. Okay. It was well, right it was, next to <laughs> the Wing Stop on University. <laughs> and you know what? Having it be right next to the Wing Stop is the dumbest thing that they could have done, right? Because um, you know the excuse that people will give when they go to one of those places is, "Well, I'm going there for the wings." Well, if there's a wing place right across the street, you don't have that excuse. No. Right. Yeah. Um, it was several it's years like reading ago. reading Playboy at the Library of Congress. I got it. Yes, and you said, right. I'm reading for the article. Yeah. Um, well, it was several years back uh, that the legislature instituted what they called, uh, sort of flippantly, you know, tongue-in-cheek, they called it a poll tax, as you said, P-O-L-E tax, uh, $5 per person going into strip clubs. Uh, and the idea was that um, the money would go toward um, helping the uh, victims of sexual assault. Uh, and the uh, in the meantime, uh, and by the way, I've heard some conservatives make the argument that I'm about to uh, repeat here, which is that you know once the government gets into something, it starts to expand, metastasize, and it it, it ends up being um, it, government will end up taking uh, you know a mile when it was given an inch. Well, this was intended to be uh, levied on strip clubs, you know, where people are fully nude, and the question is, or either fully nude or topless, and the the question is, because there's a difference there too, um, the question is, what constitutes, and you got to love this, Jay, you can't make this up, they're having a legal argument over what constitutes nudity, right? Is it is it that a woman's completely topless, or is it that maybe she's in a bikini top? Um, and there are some, there's some nuance to the law in this, um, but it has led to some big uh, tax bills for some of these uh, restaurants, which we mentioned, uh, <laughs> some of them more than a million dollars. Uh, and so they're fighting this and saying this was not intended for these uh, Wait, for these types of Wait, just individual establishments, a million dollars or more? Businesses, mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Uh, and so they've been fighting this. Uh, fees have been contested in the uh, state appeals process by 34 uh, businesses across the state, including about a dozen in the Houston area. Twenty-seven others uh, have filed lawsuits, including 14 uh, clubs in Houston, and that's from the comptroller's office. And you know, the the, the uh, Glenn Hager's office is uh, is charged with collecting these taxes. Yeah. Uh, and so they're going back and forth uh, with these businesses about what exactly it is that they do, uh, and if they're attracting men in there to look at scantily clad women. Uh, then they're saying that this tax should apply. The businesses say that's not true, and maybe we'll get some resolution from the courts. It's actually a really fascinating uh, legal argument that's playing out here, well, in, I, in addition to being quite tawdry and good radio. Well, I just imagine, 
like if anybody who's read god bless texas a biography on bob bullock yeah is thinking about just bullock backing up the government brinks trucks he's going to take all the liquor he's going to take all the assets <laughs> yeah bullock's raiders mm-hmm. so how long until hager backs up the trucks <laughs> at the uh at the restaurants yes well i have i have a feeling that he's not gonna do that but is it not in his best interest or what well, he would have to remember when the um, when they did do that. Uh, it was uh, that they were seizing uh, something of value uh, that those liquor stores were selling. So, if he was backing up to the restaurant, what would it be that he would be seizing? I'll let you know. think about that. I, I can just imagine my wife. A speechless, Jay Leeson. Hey, <laughs> that bikini must be worth thirty dollars. Uh, speaking of things that are worth a lot of money. Greg Abbott has spent $22 million for the current reporting period, or the last reporting period, but what's he spent it on? Well, that is a great question. There was a media buy that was placed, and what we mean by media buy is television advertising uh, that he purchased in June, and people may be asking, well, I haven't seen a lot of Greg Abbott television ads. What are you talking about? Well, here's what you can do, and here's what Abbott did do uh, back in 2014, uh, four years ago when he was originally running for governor. Uh, Under the law, uh, candidates are allowed to go ahead and reserve time on television as long as they confront the money, and so that's what Abbott is doing. This is a huge uh, media buy, $16 million uh, in television advertising around the state, and to put that in perspective, $16 million is more than Beto O'Rourke has in his total cash-on-hand number, and remember last week, people were sort of going, um, you know, going bonkers about uh, uh, O'Rourke's uh, fundraising, which he did do uh, some serious fundraising raising, uh, unveiling the fact that he had raised $10 million in uh, in three months. Um, and, you know, as big a feat as that is, Abbott uh, can basically cancel that out on the Republican side by buying $16 million in advertising. The other thing on television, the other thing uh, to know is that uh, even though he has reserved $16 million worth of uh, television advertising going into the fall, um, he doesn't actually have to use all of that. Uh, back in 2014, uh, it looked like he ended up uh, canceling some of those uh, ads and, of course, getting his money back. So uh, he uh, is spending a lot of money. He's showing with this uh, that he, Greg Abbott, is willing to uh, front the money uh, to basically act as the Republican Party of Texas uh, You know, as one campaign. Uh, look, we talked about this previously on the show as the Republican Party of Texas convention was playing out, uh, that the party itself, the Republican Party in the state, has had some trouble raising money, um, and uh, the party has been leaning on candidates to try to prop up the party, uh, including uh, Greg Abbott, Glenn Hager, uh, Sid Miller, and others. If they have money in their campaign coffers, the party was asking for that. It should be the other way around, by the way. It should be that the party is supporting uh, the candidates. Uh, but Abbott is the guy who you know, went into this uh, reporting uh, cycle with more money in the bank than the Republican National Committee. He had about $45 million on hand uh, and now has spent, uh, we're told, $22 million. Uh, that's, uh, that's what's in his uh, report. Uh, and uh, you know, he may end up getting some of that back. But uh, this is the other thing that I think people maybe get people maybe get lost on this. It, it's not just that Abbott is running against Lupe Valdez, who is, of course, the Democrat running for governor. It's 
that Abbott is running against all the Democrats who are on the ballot. And the, the Republicans basically run as a team, as the Democrats basically run as a team. And structurally, um, and especially in the big urban centers, um, you will have a lot of voters. I mean, it just uh, and I don't have the number in front of me, but you will have uh, the vast majority of voters will still be those who uh, push the one button either for Democrats or for Republicans and then leave the voting booth. Uh, and so you can imagine that uh, Governor Abbott in these television ads that he's already, you know, reserved $16 million worth of, uh, he'll be talking about keeping Texas red keeping it Republican, you know, voting for Greg Abbott and for other Republicans as, as well. And so that has an impact in all of the statewide races, right? That has an impact no. for uh, Cruz versus O'Rourke, has an impact for Justin Nelson versus Ken Paxton, etc. And so since this is the last uh, cycle in which the statewides will run, the statewide candidates will run, um, where people do have that option to push one button and vote for all Republicans or push one button and vote for all Democrats, uh, that's going away uh, because of uh, a bill that was passed in the legislature uh, last session. Um, but because it is the last time people can do that, nothing is structurally different from 2014 uh, when all of the Republicans led all the Democrats by about 20 points uh, in 14. Now, I don't expect it to be about 20 points again. Who knows? Uh, but it tells me that if Abbott runs six points ahead of Valdez, then that's probably what happens in the attorney general's race as well, and what happens in the Cruz uh, work race as well. We'll all see. No predictions here, but structurally, there's nothing different that would lead me to think that it would be any different from 2014 as far as the margins uh, being any different between the statewides. And I've hollered about it. I thought that these guys should have spoken up. For I mean, if you're just forget partisanship and look at winning races. They should have spoken up for Andrew White, and they had their chance, and they didn't, and now they're hitched to this Valdez disaster. You don't have to comment on that, editor of the Quorum Report, Scott Braddock. How much money does Abbott have? I'm not sure that I can comment on that. I'm not sure that that matters. You're not sure that Valdez matters? No, I'm not sure that it matters which Democrat is there. I think it's going to be the same. I think that there's a reason why the governor went after went after Lupe to Lupe Valdez in order to grow her name recognition rather than go after Andrew White. If you're really on that far left fringe and you're really unhappy about what things how things are going, then the governor is most what appeared to be most scared of Lupe Valdez and I 100% believe he was much more concerned about a pragmatist, a center democrat in Andrew White. And now they can just all these all these sound bites about Lupe Valdez, like how much money does mm-hmm. Texas she doesn't know, she's off by like three decimal points on, on most all answers, whether it be philosophical or fiscal. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you can tie the rest of these guys to them. So I mean I'd put Dan Patrick and Mike Collier behind an IQ test right now, or even a political acumen test. I think Collier wins that. But I think he wins it by three. With Valdez, he loses the race by six. And I it maybe I'm wrong, but I think that Valdez is the great uh, albatross right now. That's an interesting theory. I could argue it the other way, and I would say that in the Democratic Party right now, it's probably more important to be uh, well-positioned uh, for the purposes of identity politics because what they're trying to do is they're trying to – the Democrats are trying to turn out um, the uh, Hispanic vote, which, of course, they've been trying to do for a long time. Uh, Andrew White would do nothing to do that. Uh, and it, the other thing is that in the uh, areas like Dallas County, 
and down in the valley where they're trying to move those uh, those Hispanic voters to get involved. Uh, those Hispanic voters who have not voted for Republicans previously, um, Valdez accomplishes that, and White doesn't. But you know, she you talk barely, to, when she you barely talk, got the well, turnout me, in the valley. Let, let, let me report this out for you. So when you talk to um, his, uh, Hispanic Democratic voters, um, they are very, uh, and this is. Um, this is anecdotal, but I have seen it in every part of the state. Um, they are very opposed to having a white man be their nominee, and that's actually one of the reasons that uh, O'Rourke um, has been, um, you know, not the favorite of some of these folks uh, around the state. But that was the only uh, real viable candidate in the uh, U.S. Senate race. Oh man, I, I'd have to go back and look at it. But I remember R.G. Ratcliffe, Texas Monthly, writing a piece mm-hmm. on, and it was just how uh, the title was something like just how doomed is lupe valdez and mm-hmm. it wasn't like is she going to win it's how bad is she going to lose but, it yeah, but why about, would the story be any di- I, I read that story yesterday why would it be any different if it was white it's a democrat well but because the presumptions involved that in down in the rio Grande valley she's going to get a lot of turnout and Hold on, I've just pulled it up. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking for the numbers. We didn't do show prep on this because you and I like to go down <laughs> side roads. Uh, yeah, that's okay. But she did very underwhelmingly in the Valley against so-called white man. And mm-hmm. it's. It, it, I, I think, think that, the point that well, the point that Rat, Ratcliffe made in the piece mm-hmm. was how many people did not vote in the Democratic primary in the right. governor's race. Not sure. That, that they it, voted well, for the Senate. They voted for the other down ballots, but they did not vote at all. In you that think race. O'Rourke is a better? Do you think O'Rourke is a better candidate than she is? Well, he cites he cites a, a leading. Uh, political figure not okay. named in well, the piece yeah, right. because well, of because of her uh, sexual preference mm-hmm. that that's going to keep Hispanics at home well I'm asking I'm asking you though what, do you think her works a better candidate than she is yeah by about how like he, how 20 did, times how did he how did he do in the valley okay yeah he did terribly in the valley just so everybody understands it, the, the valley politics is very complicated um, but look I, again it, it takes me right back to where I was which is no matter how the Democrats run and they run as a team and the Republicans run and they run as a team it's hard to it's really hard for me to imagine that the results are really much different at all between races like Attorney General versus Lieutenant Governor versus Governor I think they'll probably all run about the same of course either one of us can be completely wrong um, and I'm happy to be proven wrong, um, but I don't see any evidence to. At, at least I don't see any any evidence so far to suggest it uh, won't turn out that way. Okay, we're going to get back to Quorum Report editor Scott Braddock's great reporting here in just a moment. But let me just make this point: that yeah. in the South, if you remember in the 2016 GOP presidential primary, mm-hmm. Cruz went in same old message. We're going to do tax breaks. We're going to do this, that, and other. And and Trump came with a new message that you're getting screwed in trade. You're getting screwed. Mm-hmm. And it's whatever you think about his argument, it was a new argument. And I, well, right. I, but I look it, at I look at Beto O'Rourke more and more is going ideological. And I think losing people, the more ideological he gets. He was pragmatist mm-hmm. back six months ago. Now he's like in. Uh, quasi-social justice warrior mode, and I don't think it wears well on him <laughs> with Texas voters. Now, Collier comes in these studios. He's been on with me twice now. Mm-hmm. Collier is 
kind of like your uncle, your laid-back uncle who knows a great thing about fiscal policy. And mm-hmm. he will talk you to the middle and say, huh, I'd not thought about that before. In the same way, I think Andrew White would. But it just seems like we're putting up this. And I warned Beto about this whenever he was on with me. Or I didn't warn him. I just said, look, are you going to build a new coalition or there's going to be white liberals who hate Donald Trump? And <laughs> yeah. it seems mm-hmm. to me that that's what I agree with you. The Democrats run as a team, and that seems to be the team right now. Well, it does seem to be the team. You make an interesting point about uh, the way that Trump ran, and he had different results from uh, previous Republican um, previous Republican nominees. But remember, his result in Texas was worse than previous Republican nominees. Romney came in uh, with uh, almost 58 percent of the vote in Texas, and Trump uh, got uh, what got uh, 52. So it was a it was a um, yeah. a, a single digit race. So. You know, I mean, all these things are moving targets now, and what does it really mean to be a Republican? And the thing that we haven't said, um, which it's interesting you bring up Trump, because the thing we haven't said is that the counter-argument to the Democrats doing badly, the counter-argument is Trump. I mean, you know, it, he is so unpredictable. It's so impossible to tell what the news cycles are going to be like and what the issues are going to be like that people are going to be the most concerned about in November, because Trump changes things by the minute. I mean, we we saw today him standing next to Vladimir Putin uh, in Helsinki, uh, where uh, Trump was uh, saying things that have Republicans today saying that his uh, behavior is shameful. Uh, in the last uh, few weeks, as we've been talking here on the show, one of the main organizing principles for Democrats has been the family separations of the undocumented immigrants on the border. But is that going to be the big story six weeks from now, two months from now? Who knows? I mean, the political environment nationally keeps changing. Uh, and back here in Texas, um, you have uh, the lieutenant governor, Dan Patrick, who has done the most work to try to be, at least of the statewide candidates, to be the most Trumpian, if you will, because remember during the primary, he kept saying it over and over again. I agree with President Trump about this and that. Um, is that a message that works in the fall? Uh, who knows? What we do know, um, I think we know, is that if there is any kind of a blue wave in Texas, um, then Republicans have built a red wall to try to withstand it. Yeah. Ms. Scott Braddock, as we close out here, we got to engage, my friend, and did it without any alcohol, by the way, um, and caught up in our time. But I want to ask you, in federal elections, earlier six, now it's updated via Scott Braddock, to seven mm-hmm. Texas GOP congressmen have been outraised by their Democratic challengers. What do you make of yeah. that? Is it matter? I think it does matter. It plays to what we were just talking about, about the fact that um, Abbott uh, is going to be on television uh, with his $16 million ad buy, uh, and the places in which these congressional uh, candidates who are Democrats, where they're outraising the Republicans, uh, are in major markets. So um, in Houston, uh, down in uh, Fort Bend County, around uh, Sugarland, up in DFW, uh, here in the Austin area, uh, Williamson County as one of the suburban counties here in Austin, uh, and in some other places, uh, that means those those Democrats are going to be uh, on television and blowing up social media as well, uh, heading toward November, uh, and probably um, will be, you know, able to deploy the kind of resources that we haven't seen from Democrats in maybe 15 or 20 years. I mean, once you put their effort together with uh, what O'Rourke will be doing uh, and uh, and other Democrats will be doing, but particularly O'Rourke because he's shown uh, so much ability to raise money. I mean, by the way. 
you know, we said O'Rourke was able to raise about $10 million uh, in the last three months. Um, he'll probably be able to do that again because, remember, his uh, his average donation was, I think, $33. He can go back to those same people asking them for, uh, for cash over and over again. Um, and so the Democrats at the congressional level, uh, at the statewide level, uh, are going to have probably uh, more resources uh, than we've seen in quite a while that's spread out across the battlefield. But we also have to temper that by saying that you have to remember – uh, and some Democrats did not like me saying this online, but it did anyway, uh, just because it's the truth. Uh, in 2014, there was about $40 million spent on behalf of uh, Wendy Davis when she was running for governor. And again, she got wiped out by 21 points. So mm-hmm. anything can happen. Um, but if uh, if past performance has anything to do with what you see in the future, um, you know, it's still a really uphill battle uh, for the minority party in this state. There he is, Scott Braddock. You can follow him on Twitter at Scott Braddock, quorumreport.com. We certainly appreciate you taking time there, buddy. Thank you so much, Jay. We'll talk to you soon. Our weekly installment of Braddock on Texas. Hey, uh, we're going to get into Trump in Helsinki. Not Hell Center, Helsinki coming up. Stick right with us here. Uh, we'll get you all taken care of right here on the other side of Texas. A shoe shine man, make you shine where you stand. Leave me a tip if you can. I'm a shoe shine man. Well, I can sing, I can dance, I can play the harmonica too. Howdy, Jay. West Texas Leeson here. I'm going to tell you about my friends at Flint Boot and Hat. They've been building hats since 1994 and repairing boots, I guess, since forever. My dog chewed up. My ostrich boots, Jared and his guys, replaced the heel, made them look new again, put new pulls on, and at a super affordable price, they've resold my boots, and they build great hats. Love these guys. Go check them out. 3035 34th Street or Flint Boot and Hat Shop at Flint and 34th Street. See more at flinthat.com. Molded out of red clay and baked in the West Texas sun to perfection is the other side of Texas with Jay Leeson. So we have some news from... Yeah, some national news here. On a regionally based show. The other side of Texas. Helensky, Finland. President Trump stood next to President Vladimir Putin, old Vladdy, of Russia on Monday and publicly challenged the conclusion of his own intelligence agencies that Moscow interfered in the 2016 presidential election, wrapping up what he called a, quote, deeply productive summit meeting with an extraordinary show of trust for a leader accused of attacking American democracy. And now, Donald Trump on a cell phone from Helensky. We have Donald Trump on a cell phone. How you doing, Mr. President? Uh, Hello, Jay. And, uh, Hello, everybody listening, my fellow Americans. How's, uh, how's Helensky? Uh, he's good. He's good. Um, is it, is it a place or is it a person? Uh, it's whatever you want to think about it as, but it's, it's a person. It's, it's just person. great. Yes, it's, okay. it's lovely. Okay. All right. Um, weather's good? Yes, it, it, it's nice. It's uh, 
not quite as nice as uh, my hotel, but it, it'll do. It'll it, do. As good as the Trump, the hotel you're staying. Are you staying in the Trump property? Uh, you know that's that's classified information. I can't quite give that out to you right now, but uh, you'll probably see it on all the fake news, uh, all the fake news uh, television, and you'll see it. Uh, like I'll see what about it though. Uh, you'll see where I'm staying. You'll see everything about uh, the conference. Everybody, everybody wants to talk about uh, me and Putin's relationship. You know, we're not good friends. We're not good buddies. We're great buddies. We're probably the greatest buddies. And uh, you know, I just have to say because uh, you know people are are taking it uh, a little too far. Do they, know, do they want another Cold War? That's what I'm saying. You know. Oh, you're trying to avert a Cold War. Yes, yes. You know, I think uh, being good friends with your enemy is, uh, you know, one thing. But being great friends with your enemy is a totally, totally new. Okay, new so topic. that's the way to avoid nuclear annihilation, is being great friends with a uh, great enemy. Yes, of course. Okay. Uh, priorities on the board here. Donald Trump on the cell phone, other side of Texas. Uh, you Are there threats that you see as greater threats than um, than Russia right now? Uh, a lot of people think Russia, you know, is, is, the, is the worst country. They think North Korea is the worst country. But China, everybody talks about but China and... Uh, it, it's a you know they're a communist country. Wait, well, hold hold on. Wait, China or the China or did I hear you but, right? Uh, I just said but China. You know, like but Chinese people. Oh, because it kind of sounds like anatomy. Oh, oh, anatomy. You, you're thinking I'm saying vagina, correct? <laughs> I'm saying vagina. Oh, okay. You pardon, know, you can't, you pardon my confusion miss- there, Mr. President. Of course, of course. I understand. Okay, so the the China, not not vagina. Yeah, not not vagina, okay, but China. So, so the real problem is the China. Yeah, the 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 China is is one of the greatest powers <laughs> that is that we've ever seen. And it's it's a priority to take them into account as well. Everybody likes to talk about Russia and and North Korea, but China, China has a you know we're we're in debt to China, and that's from you know tons of mistakes that past presidents uh, may have you know not taken care of the way I would have taken care of it because you know I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest. Uh, so what are the plans this evening? What do you do in Finland for fun? Um, you know I I just like to take it easy. You know, maybe go uh, see some uh, see some sites. Go maybe go golfing. Everybody, you know, that you'll hear me going golfing. I'm sure you've already heard me going golfing. Uh, they love to talk about that. They love it. Hmm. Well, um, I'm flattered that you take time there, Donald Trump, on the cell phone, and you know, you get that John taken care of. Oh, of course, of course, and you're welcome for having me. Um, it's been your pleasure to have me on your session. It certainly has. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know him. He is the president. Donald Trump on a cell phone. Thank you, Mr. President.
Okay, so we're going to go to a quick break and uh, I get back in. I want to continue some of this Putin-Trump uh, talk, but also get in with you about uh, what's going on in the greatest chicken bleep trap in Texas. I got that story to continue. You stick right with us here on the other side of Texas. going to go to a quick commercial break. Be back with you about 90 seconds. Welcome back to The Other Side with Jay Leeson. You know, back to this, uh, for those of you who may be over the New Mexico line, that was not actually Donald Trump. But, look, on this whole thing, this is the deal with the media coverage of all this stuff at this point. Am I uncomfortable that I was raised as a boy to get the sturdiest textbook so you've got a $50 device over your head and you're sitting in the hallway and you're doing nuclear fallout drills in small rural Texas because and you just imagine the guy who has like the Korean Peninsula the 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 birthmark on his forehead Gorbachev Mikhail Gorbachev and you're just imagining this guy and why he would unleash missiles upon us and it's difficult to see that as the great what once in our minds was the greatest foe it, to the extent that like every couple of weeks we had to have a drill at school in, cor- in the course of events that they went crazy and it's awfully weird you know 30 years later to think well they've gone from uh, nuking us to uh, being okay with us you just that doesn't sit well and then even from like a an ignorant fourth grader to today i mean if you read com people say this and i may lose some of you here and i don't i want to do an entertaining program that you you really enjoy so i don't want to get into the weeds but people will say well the communists are godless whether that be china or russia or whatever which way the old soviet union and even today former uh ussr chiefs are running the russian federation today and look they are not godless in the sense well in this sense that they have the communist philosophy believes in a thing and you just go google it later but a dialectic of history that essentially says that they are becoming the achievement in the process of becoming the achievement of humankind now Regardless of whether or not the Texas GDP is more than the Russian Federation's GDP, that's not a factor in their minds. But they believe that, and they become uh, ideological about it, and they begin to really rev those things up in their minds. And so, like, in a theological sense, maybe they don't have a God. In a philosophical sense, they do. And here's the deal. They've always been out to destroy 
the West and the crown of the West, which is the United States. And so I'm very sympathetic to those who say, what are we doing backing Vladdy and the old KGB today? Like, they're greater allies than the traditional West or even our own uh, law enforcement agencies in federal law enforcement agencies in the u.s like that does not make sense but at the same time let me just say this that i remember putting those social study books over my head and it being the democrats who said that reagan is pushing us over the edge then president ronald reagan pushing us over the edge that he's going to take us into a nuclear winter and so as weird as it is to see our stance pivot 30 years later so too with a different like all of a sudden the soviet union is the great monster like that's not what was going down 30 years ago but now today it is and and i understand all the congressional testimonies that have happened i just i think everybody needs to just take a step back trump may be wrong and time will tell and i'll speak out whenever i've gotten a read on it but everybody is just like let's go grade the county roads of our ideological and political discussion right now get out of the ruts and then everybody reapproach and let's see what's going on but i certainly understand people like paul ryan coming out and saying not anything diametrically opposed to trump other than russia is a foe um jeff flake uh, arizona outgoing arizona senator who i've not thought much of hashtag agriculture you know was despairing of of spoke disparagingly of trump and even newt gingrich this means something newt gingrich tweeting today president trump must clarify his helensky helsinki excuse me not helensky yes not not saul Helsinki comments on the intelligence system and Putin. It is the most serious mistake of his presidency and must be corrected immediately. So, let's go from Helsinki back to traffic hell in Texas for just a second. You know what? I'm going to get my composure. We're going to go to a break. I'll be right back, and we will talk about a little bit of this Helsinki, uh, Texas's version of hell in the Sinky, the traffic. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm, no, stop. I'm not. I, I got to do it now. Okay. So, if you're listening, you've been listening. Let me reset for those who've just begun to listen. My wife and I are kidless for the first time five, ten years, I don't know. We make a reservation, a little hill country resort. Don't want to drive all the way down to the beach, even though we want to be part of the recovery. But, you know, it's a hard thing to go on vacation and drive back over from the coast and go pick four kiddos up across the state. Because we drove from, on, on Saturday, we drove from San Antonio and stopped in not frederick we stopped in austin and then we stopped in we stopped at green hall then we went up to mckinney and then we drove to abilene and then we drove back to lubbock pretty big road trip and 
on that road trip, I hadn't seen anything like I saw just north of the I-10 junction on Highway 87. So you're on a highway and it gradually slows down. No, no lights to indicate nothing more than just subtlety that I'd... I'll have plenty to say about it because this is going to be the first of a multi-part series. We're going to break this right here on the other side of Texas. This aggression, this news, this news will not stand. Nor, okay, nor will this aggression. We're going to break this thing. We're going to blow this thing to high heaven. That right there in Comfort, Texas, you've got this daggum chicken crap. Uh, speed trap and it's about 1.5 miles north of the I-10 junction 70 to 55 and like I said earlier like oaks are going onto the shoulder and the leaves and it's in the shadows and grass is overgrown and and it goes down to 55 miles per hour and again those of you who are going to uh to fiesta texas or to the alamo or to whatever you want to do down there you need to know this if you're coming down from the panhandle or the cap rock those speed traps that speed trap in particular on highway 87 you're going with a flow of traffic everybody's been driving 70 75 for however long and then all of a sudden just suddenly boom it goes down to 55 and so they're on highway 87 in comfort about a mile and a half from the i-10 uh, junction is a high school and i don't know why there's a high school there they're not in session right now of course it's a summertime but who puts a who puts a school on a major highway like in hell center for instance the school is on an access road like at least you have to get off and it's not just blowing by traffic like a highway 87 but they put us, I don't know, maybe they were like, well, what, uh, how about we put the school in the middle of a pedophile colony? Or maybe next to a nudie bar, or a bikini bar, as it were. Throwback to Scott Braddock's segment. Or, uh, how about we put it next to a toxic waste factory, to which they must have said, no, that that's not dangerous enough. Let's put it off of a major highway without access roads. And that's what they did. Now... I guess during the school year, that goes down to 35, but at least those lights have signals. So, again, just my PSA here. You're driving to 87 and going to San Antonio, you're going to get beamed right here in this mile and a half stretch. And let me tell you to what point and degree you're going to get beamed. This did not occur to me until I saw the sheriff's deputy pull out and come to get me. I pulled up where the, the deputy sits right there every time and just turns around and heads south and beans somebody. And I thought, man, this, the, I didn't even see that sign. That I saw the second sign, and I was at 55 at the second sign because that one made more sense. But whenever I pulled over on the side of the road and began to kind of get my wits up, I hadn't been stopped in I don't know how long. I'm kind of an old man now. I don't drive very fast. And I look up over the hood of Mrs. Leeson's luxury vehicle, 
and the grass is dead. There, there are wheels where you can tell that this has happened continuously over and over and over again the grass is dead and there are two will pass so this happens all the time the same deputy hits people right there and those people all merge off the road and i've got pictures i put it up on my twitter at jay leeson you go see it yourself you can tell that this happens all the time now i'm okay with speed traps locally like lubbock police wants to uh stop traffic uh, stop speeding traffic word gets around in the biggest small town in the world and i would just assume that comfort texas is not nearly the rural metropolis that lubbock is and so if you want to if you want to curb local behavior okay but here's the deal people who are going down that freaking road with that chicken crap speed trap are people who are not local they are going to drink way too much on the river walk from other parts of texas or they're going to uh, go throw rings around rig bottles at fiesta texas from other parts of texas this is not a local initiative and so i looked it up and i pointed it out to sheriff uh, deputy barber or whatever her name was i said hey look the grass is dead here seems like you guys do this a lot and she said yes we do and and by the time i drove back to see what how far away these mile markers these signs were if it sounds like i'm worked up i am because this is a bogus use of taxpayer money and i don't want other people like i'm gonna i don't want out of the i want to pay the full ticket and i'm gonna pay it in pennies okay i don't want out of the ticket that's not the point it's not well the guy's got a microphone or a keyboard and so da, da, da. no no i'm going to pay the ticket and then i'm gonna raise hell about it because like i looked it up and i'm thinking okay so if these folks have this going on then there must not be other priorities there must not be drug trafficking going through the county they must not have higher public safety uh, priorities than beaning people over and over again to the degree that grass is dead and will ruts on the side of the road where people merge and don't merge chicken crap so i went to crime stoppers there in the county and i found some things that i thought were interesting so rather than so rather than deploy law enforcement efforts to places where things might matter in that county kendall county where Bernie is the county seat, I went and I looked at Crime Stoppers, thinking, surely they must not have any crime going on uh, because they're expending a deputy. And I'm going to do a Freedom of Information Act. I promise you, I will do a Freedom of Information Act, and I'll figure out just how much they are doing there in the county. Yeah, and then it will be news. Believe you me, it will be news. So... Here's uh, possession of marijuana. Wanted. These are wanted. And I'm not going to say these people's names more because I'm afraid I'll mispronounce them than anything else. But these are people who are wanted within Kendall County. Possession of marijuana. Felony possession of a controlled substance. And this is at uh, kc-crimestoppers.com. 
Let's see. Felony with tampering with physical evidence. Felony possession of controlled substance. Driving while intoxicated and still wanted. And you know why he's still wanted? Even though he's a drunk driving around? Because there's a sheriff's deputy sitting outside of that daggum school baning people coming in from out of town just gets me to know like get me you got me on highway you got me on i-27 okay yeah you got me because it's flat forever and you got me outside tulia i was five miles over the limit but don't give me this chicken crap speeding ticket Uh, felony of a possession of a controlled substance it goes on and on like where are these people you know why you don't know where they are because you got some deputies sitting out there giving chicken crap tickets. That's why. Woo! Okay. That's just what I have to say. Hey, a uh, good week of shows coming up. Like, here's a dream. We get the judge, the county judge there in Kendall County to come on the show and face the music on why they're giving chicken crap tickets. And then I'm going to... Maybe I go down there and I just take my bags full of pennies to them for $200, $250, whatever that was. I'll be in a better mood tomorrow. I appreciate you. I can't get to the text now. I appreciate those. Uh, But tomorrow, a good week ahead for you here on the program. And we'll put some stuff up about it there at Facebook.com. But for now, I am out of time. Jay West Texas Leeson signing off for Scott Braddock, President Trump on a cell phone, and chicken crap sheriff deputies in Kendall County. We'll see you tomorrow right here, other side of Texas. Barely up and just make it. And two step over it.